Hi, I'm Tony Preckwinkle, chair of the Cook County Democratic Party. I'd like to welcome you to The 80, our podcast about the party, its candidates, and its leaders. We're beginning this podcast by interviewing our elected Democratic committee people to discuss their backgrounds and thoughts about the history and future of the Democratic Party. And it's my pleasure to welcome now Mike Rodriguez, who's alderman and committeeman of the 22nd Ward and executive vice chair of the Cook County Democratic Party. Welcome, Mike. Thanks for having me, Tony. It's an honor to be here. All right, Mike, I usually begin the podcast by asking folks how they got involved in politics. So tell us a little bit about your story. Well, I was raised by a number of very strong women, Um, whether it was my mother who was a rape victim advocate, who was someone who ran a soup kitchen at her church, who was always about service, or whether it was uh, one of my aunts who were strong union members. Um, they made sure that I got involved and they, I got involved early. Uh, I remember wearing that strong purple SEIU shirt <laughs> uh, at a very young age out there, um, you know, advocating for for workers' rights and working class people. So, um, you know, that was a very young age. And then when when I was a, a little bit older, um, I got to know a guy with a with a fun, with a with a very uh, pointed mustache uh, on the southwest side of Chicago. I would I would see him in the neighborhood. Um, very well respected leader here in our community, who I got to to know and and got to be mentored by. Um, and, uh, his name is Chewy Garcia and, um, you know, he was just a, has been a great ally and mentor to me over the years. And I got involved with the 22nd Ward, uh, independent political organization, which is a progressive, uh, democratic group here on the Southwest side of Chicago in the 22nd Ward anchored by the amazing neighborhoods of a uh, little village, North Lawndale and, uh, communities over by uh, 47th and Cicero. The 22nd Ward has had a history of, of independent politics and um, strong community leaders. I remember back to the 80s anyway, um, Rudy Lozano uh, yes. was a community activist there and of course uh, was assassinated. And then of course, uh, Jesus Garcia, Chewy, uh, became alderman of the ward and then you succeeded him, is that right? Uh, not uh, directly. So. Um... You know, back in the early 80s, a group of progressive black, brown, and, and, and progressive white folks and, and, and brown and black folks here in the, in the neighborhood started organizing and really consolidated their group around the election of Harold Washington as mayor. So we were one of the first, if not the only, or one of the first um, Latino majority uh, organizations to back Harold Washington for mayor. So that sentiment around black, brown, and progressive white unity really holds true. And we remain a ward that uh, significantly is working class, but has those uh, elements in it of black, Latino, and white working class folks. So I'm really proud to be the representative of this ward. We've had some great leadership here locally. Started with Rudy Lizano, who was assassinated in, in the early 80s. And uh, Chewy Garcia kind of took over the, the, the leadership from him. And we've had some great leaders ever since then in our community, uh, Sonia Silva and Rick Munoz during his heyday and, and, and many others who have, who have really uh, led here. But also, you know, my good friend, Rudy Lozano Jr., uh, people like Evelyn Garcia and, and, and Rudy's wife, Lupe Lozano, who's been such a mentor to me. We, we've got a good thing going here in the, in the ward and it's, 
and it's founded by some folks who are really committed to, to building power for working class people. Yeah, my apologies. Rick Munoz was my colleague for many years. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I know that the 22nd Ward has had a, a reputation and a history of, of independent progressive politics for what, four decades now. So that, that's pretty impressive and it's kind of unusual um, in, in the city. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm proud. We, 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 we have really um, grown um, from an organization that hasn't lost a precinct in the 22nd Ward since the early 1980s uh, for any election uh, that we've been, we've been very proud to win, win and, and, and win in our ward. And, you know, it's because we are of our community. As I said, it's, it's surely something to be proud of and it's kind of unique. Let's, let's move a little bit beyond the 22nd Ward uh, to the national situation and just your assessment of the November election and uh, kind of your hopes for the Harris, the Biden-Harris administration. I, I like that. Harris Biden, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I want to make it clear. We won and we won big. Um, you know, I was, I, was, I, was, I was a very strong supporter of Bernie Sanders. And I was a strong supporter of him four years ago as well. Um, but I think, you know, I got to give you a lot of credit, Madam President, um, Madam Chair, I should say in this uh, regard. Um, you know, you came to me some years ago and you said, listen, I represent the Hillary Clinton part of the party and you, Mike, you represent the Bernie part of the party. Let's come together and let's build this Democratic Party together. And I think that's what we have to do at the national level, right? I think the Biden-Harris administration uh, needs to be reflective of that. Um, I'm very hopeful for an administration that it's in its first a couple of days will roll back uh, the anti-immigrant rhetoric and the anti-immigrant executive actions that our xenophobic, racist president has instilled in our country over the last four years. I'm very hopeful that a Biden-Harris administration uh, with hopefully a Democratic Congress and Democratic Senate. Yes, cross uh, your fingers can enact immigration reform to lead to a pathway to citizenship for all of our residents. That's what, that's what our country needs, really. Our country is founded on immigrants. Um, and you know, we need to make sure that we're serving all of our residents, everyone who um, invests so heavily in our economy. Because you know, I, I'm, on the, I'm the advisory board of Second Federal Self-Help Credit Union. And that credit union has awarded mortgages to people of all stripes, of all documentation status. And you know what? Those people are investing in our society and we need to invest in them. We've got some real challenges in this country around immigration, as you pointed out. We have a president who's denigrated and demonized immigrants, particularly Mexican-American immigrants, which is your ancestry. I think in the campaign in 2016, he referred to Mexican immigrants as all being murderers and rapists, uh, which should have given us a sense of where he was. And then, of course, building a wall on our southern border, um, separating families at the border, putting children in cages, um, having, allowing refugee camps in Mexico across our borders, you know, tent camps uh, across our borders because we don't have reasonable immigration policies. Putting it's a, pardon me? Putting kids in cages. Putting kids in cages. Yes, I, I usually say, you know, this is, this is something that's done in our name. We should all be ashamed uh, that, our, that our government has 
has done this to other human beings. Um, in any case, so what do you hope for from the Biden administration? First, immigration reform. What would that look like in your mind? Our documented students need a, a path to citizenship, but their parents need a path to citizenship as well. And that's what I think the Biden-Harris administration are committed to doing, and that, quite frankly, we're going to hold, a, hold them accountable to doing. Right. There are people like me, frankly, who were disappointed in the Obama-Biden administration around immigration issues. Um, and we are more hopeful that the Biden-Harris administration will take reasonable positions on these important matters to all of us, to all of us. You know, Tony, I think it's really important for someone like you to say that because there's a real convergence in policy when it comes to the black and brown communities. And I, and I talk about that as a separation of families. The fact is, is that our criminal justice system is separating families from their black men. And the immigration criminal justice system is separating uh, kids from their parents. And this separation needs to stop. And we need a federal administration that's gonna stop the over-incarceration of people. What do we have? 2.5 million people incarcerated in our country. That's up from 500,000 in the early 80s. This war on drugs was really a war on inner city communities. On black and brown neighborhoods. That's right, Tony. It was a war on black and brown neighborhoods. And we need to be smart on crime, not just tough on crime. And I think that that needs to be reflected in the federal administration. I think people are coming around to that. Um, but just as much as black communities are fighting for that justice, Latino and brown communities need to be fighting for that justice as well. And black communities need to understand that the immigrant experience is a black experience as well. There's significant numbers of African immigrants in this country who are also being demonized through our lack of immigration reform. So I think this convergence is a powerful convergence, one where our communities can come together and fight together. And I'm, and I'm proud to be working with you on a lot of those issues. Well, thank you. You know, I, I always talk to, to African-American audiences about that very fact that we shouldn't think that the immigration issue is one only for the Latinx community, that we have people of African descent from the Caribbean, as well as South America and Africa, um, who, are, who face these same immigration challenges as people in the Latinx community. You know, um, there are a couple things I should remind folks of as we talk about this. First of all, um, we have 5% of the world's population in the United States, 25% of the people in jail and prison. Yeah, and I, I always say, you know, unless you think Americans are more likely to be criminals than people elsewhere in the world, we're doing something wrong. Yeah. The other thing is in, in Cook County, 26% of the population is Latinx, 24% is African-American, so about half, but 86% of the people in our jail are black and brown. So again, this is a, the, the detention and incarceration of people of color is a common issue in Latinx and African-American communities. And immigration is a common issue too, which as I said, I, I always try to remind African-American audiences. I, I wanna ask you a couple, a couple of uh, other questions if I may. Uh, this, this discussion has been fascinating. Uh, Mike, you, you hold two offices. You hold a party office, you're a Democratic committee person, and you're an alderman in the city of Chicago, okay? And that many of our aldermen are both. Uh, tell us how those positions kind of uh, are different and how they intersect. Sure thing. I think it's about two thirds of city of Chicago alder persons who are also committee persons. Um, and I think there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, but I'll, I'll say the following. In the 22nd Ward, uh, the committee person really is the leader of our organization. 
Um, I'm not the president of our organization, but I help uh, lead the field operation. Whenever we do voter registration campaigns, when we staff up for uh, uh, early vote or voting day, or when we go out to petition, things of the nature, I generally am the field general uh, for all those activities. Um, I also have the responsibility of naming judges of election for the Democratic Party. Then also, uh, something that I've been very proud to do is push progressive candidates at the Cook County Party level. Uh, and I think we've been really successful partnering on, on a wide slate of diverse candidates that really reflect the breadth of our party. And um, I'm very proud uh, to be a part of um, the slating process. Uh, to put people in queue to be slated by the Democratic Party, and then so that the Democratic Party then supports that group of people for office. On the aldermanic side, it's a much more uh, uh, fiduciary policy-oriented position, where I vote in a city of Chicago budget, on policies at the city level, uh, but then also what's unique to the city of Chicago and its council members is that we also are the purveyor in many respects of ward-based services, whether it be zoning changes or delivering garbage cans or turning on lights, um, our residents expect us to deliver. And uh, like the post office, I like to deliver. Uh, so um, those are the two basic positions. I'm paid as an alderman, I am unpaid as a committee person, which is a volunteer position. Right. And, you know, I just want to thank you for your help and support. We had a very diverse slate last time. We had about a little more than half of the, of the people on our slate were members of the Latinx or African-American community. So we're making progress, not perhaps as quickly as some would like, but we're making progress. Now, on the government side, um, you're a member of the city council in a really challenging time. You want to say a little bit about that? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it's, 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 um, it's a very tough time. And I think um, the toughest of times, when you consider the fact that we are going through a global pandemic that none of us have ever lived through before, um, you know, maybe some of our older folks have lived through, you know, times like World War II that was just as full of strife in our society. However, um, this global pandemic has brought upon drastic challenges. And, and, and we can articulate it very simply. Revenues at hotels are down. Hotels pay taxes to the city, to the county, to the state. We have less money for services because of that. It's a pretty simple way of explaining um, the challenges that we have. On top of that, we're dealing with um, homeowners who aren't getting the same receipts and rents that they normally would. We're thinking around the corner at a pending eviction crisis that will add further stresses to our levels of government, not to mention the purveyance of COVID testing and the upcoming vaccine distribution. These are monumental government tasks. And we're doing this at the same time as having an inept and uncooperative federal administration that needs to really be the lead of this. It's, it's no coincidence that our country leads the world in deaths and number of positive cases because of a lack of federal action and lack of federal leadership. 
I'm very hopeful that our new president will take this on day one because we need it. The city of Chicago needs it. The county of Cook needs that kind of leadership because we need resources. We need them now. We need them yesterday, but we certainly need them now. Uh, and I'm very hopeful that the new federal administration will bring those resources down. The fact is we're not out of the woods yet. Yes, a vaccine is upon us, but um, you know we can have hundreds of thousands of more deaths unless there's drastic action uh, uh, immediately. All right, you know, I think let's, let's end it on a positive note. Uh, these are in lots of ways the worst of times, as you've said, but we've seen people kind of step up and be willing to cooperate and collaborate in ways that are really encouraging in terms of the future of our neighborhoods. I want to thank you, Mike, for joining us for this conversation. And I want to thank you for your service, both to the party and the city, as uh, a member of the city council and as a leader in the Cook County Democratic Party. Well, thanks, Tony. You know, we, we really look to leaders like you and like Chuy Garcia, as I mentioned before, people that we look to as, 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 as a compass for where we need to be going. And the future is bright. The future is very bright. I'm very excited about the freshman class, at the county level, the freshman class of committee persons that have come in and, 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 and the collaboration that happens at multiple levels of government. So uh, to be continued. Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks a lot, Mike.